Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are still at the ABC conference called the Council Conference 2021. And uh, as I've continued to say now for the eighth time, uh, we are live here at the ABC conference. Again, Shauna and Jeremy are not going to be with us. But as always, we've delivered in this particular show for the last seven episodes, we have special guests. In this episode, we have two special guests. We have Robert and Karen Chong. How are you guys doing? Uh, Mike, it's great to meet you and great to be here with you. Mike, we're really happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Robert and I have been married for 38 years. Are we you have No. That's amazing. Well, I'm going to be 41 tomorrow, just to put that in perspective. Yes. That, thank you for that. We really appreciate that. <laughs> no, that's that's celebratory. That's it, awesome. It's true. Well, happy birthday for tomorrow. Yeah. That's yeah, right. That's right. But we dated seven years, so it's been 45 years we've been together, so we got to count that. That's what I'm saying. But we have three uh, grown children. Our daughter are married, so we have two sons-in-law, um, and we have four grandchildren, and so everybody's going to be living in Louisville, Kentucky, for the first time. That sounds like a church plant. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> we love yeah. we we love it. So yeah. that's a little bit about our family. That's awesome. And so, like you said, everyone lives in Louisville. Absolutely. Yep. They Am sure I do. saying that right, Louisville or Louisville? Uh, Louisville. I know it's yeah. Louisville. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. Um, so, Robert, you are pastor of counseling and. Yep. My title is Pastor of Care. Okay. Um, no, it just care. Yeah. That, not care and counseling, just that, care. That's a long story that we can say for another time. <laughs> okay. Uh, but we, we've had the privilege of serving there uh, since 2006. And wow. So I've been a pastor of care there since then. Um, I started out, we were much smaller back then. I was overseeing groups and kids and even did some budget. Uh, but over the years, I've been blessed to have time to just focus on the one particular ministry area. And Karen is side by side with me. And we have the privilege of equipping men and women and couples um, to care for one another. That's amazing. So with that ministry, because uh, I, I was a discipleship pastor for a short stint, um, but with that much to what you shared, uh, being over groups and things like that, um, but with actually officially having the title of care in, in doing counseling and things where your leaders, how many people do you have that kind of serve in leadership with you on your team? Yeah, it fluctuates because we also have become, over the years, we've had different church polity, but we had different campuses. And so right. we would train up leaders and then they would we would send them out to different locations. Uh, so I think that's great. You don't hang on to them. Go <laughs> multiply. Yeah. Be fruitful. But you know, there was a point in time in which all of the pastors at Midtown were saying, we have got to stop this because we're bleeding at Midtown. We we need to have a, a leadership bench here. Uh, so we've been slowly building up, rebuilding. And then right now I would say that we probably have a between leaders and apprentices anywhere between 25 and 30 people. Nice. Nice. I appreciate a church that in its name is consistent with its actual approach to ministry. So when you serve with us, you're sojourning. It's a season. That's right. Adios. <laughs> you're, no, you're sent one. Right? No, that's awesome. That's really good. That's really good. Because we, right in the local church, we have a tendency to selfishly hang on to folks mm -hmm. and not send them out and multiply. And that, that's really cool. Um, well, thank you for taking the time to share uh, just some of, about your personal lives. And, and Karen, thank you for sharing the fact that you guys have an extended family that reaches. That's awesome. So um, what I wanted to, to bring you guys on and talk about, um, 
Robert, you have a, a new book coming out, uh, The Restoration Story, which uh, why Jesus matters in a broken world. Mm-hmm. And uh, really what, what I appreciate in this, and, and um, I haven't read it uh, quite yet. Uh, I did rummage through it, obviously, for the sake of this podcast. Um, but here, here's what I appreciate just looking through the table of contents is really just the idea of understanding our story through his story, right? Um, and really God's meta narrative informs our personal story. And the way that you've kind of broke that up into the sections is just the meta narrative creation, fall, redemption, and consummation. What was your heart in writing this? It's a long story, but I'll break it down short for you. Uh, I was on my first half sabbatical. Our church has a very generous policy and I was reading through 2 Corinthians 3.18 and it says, when we behold the glory of the Lord, he mm-hmm. changed us from one degree of glory to the next into yeah. his image. And this is the work of the Lord who is spirit. And I had been training and equipping our uh, ministry leaders in the, the typical ways of biblical counseling. And, yeah. But when I when I read that verse and the Spirit stopped me, the question that I had was, Lord, how much how much effort am I really helping our leaders to help others to see the glory of Christ? Yeah. And because we were teaching them how to understand the heart, you know, and how to to shepherd people in the hard places, but the Lord took me on a journey where he began to help me to see that those things that I've been teaching and equipping, they're essential, Yeah. but something that is more essential um, and is part of God's design is helping them to see the glory and experience the love of Christ in such a way as Paul describes um, that he is so compelled by the love of Christ that he no longer lives for himself, mm. but he lives for him who died for him and was raised again from the dead. And so I actually came back from sabbatical and scrapped all of my training, <laughs> probably the extreme, right? right? I went to the other side and uh, I wanted God's people in our church to see the beauty and the glory and the love of Christ through his entire story. Yeah. And that what that's what that was the genesis of the uh, the restore material as it's known now. And the Lord's been really continuing to teach me how to really apply this to practical life and everyday issues and crisis uh, that are normally um, or assume that you need to go see a counselor for this. Uh, but I'm convinced more and more that that God is not surprised by anything. Yeah. He knew every day of our lives before he was even born. And so he was very purposeful for sending Christ from heaven into the fall. The fact that he wrote your story in his story. Absolutely. And so we, we're also part of this is that we are in a culture in which people really appreciate and enjoy telling stories. And there's a really big emphasis. We were talking about community earlier yeah. about being raw, being authentic, being vulnerable. But the conversation stayed horizontal. And we would never really get to God's story. You know, and the thing that we teach is that God never minimizes or denies any parts of our story. He knows all the details of it, but yet he doesn't want us to minimize or deny his story. And it's going to be through his story that brings about the healing and restoration that we need. The death in his story is life in our story. But also his continual life as a resurrected Savior is what gives us help as it says here, why Jesus matters in a broken world. Yeah, no, that's really good. And, and I, I appreciate just even kind of looking, you know, perusing through it, like I mentioned a moment ago, just kind of introducing each, I don't know if he did it, you know, collectively through each section, but just kind of starting off with a story of a, you know, a couple and that have issues and understanding as you kind of start in the, in the beginning of the book, just reframing our reality through the lens of the fall and just realizing that, um, the things in our life that happen are written to produce something. 
in that story mm-hmm. through our story. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> mine's being blown all over the place, right? Um, well, can, but, I, can I say something? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one yeah. of the reasons why that lesson one or chapter one is so important, it, by the way, we have a study guide that goes along with this. Yeah, so I saw that out there. It, table. It, if, I, if I get lessons and chapters mixed up. No, it's okay. They'll be in the show notes. I'll have both for you all in the show notes. So, yeah, for our listeners, though, I'll have links to both. But the reason why that, that comes out of the gate, because chapter two, lesson one, really, walk, lesson two walks people through how to prepare their stories. But we, at the very beginning, want to start reframing yeah. how they see their lives. And if you think about it, all of our struggles, all the pain and the brokenness and the darkness that we experience has to be attributed to the fall. Mm-hmm. And it's really surprising how few Christians really understand that. And so it's essential that we see our story and the painful parts of our stories and our struggles as part of the fall because it actually gives hope and it's actually good news in that People need to see that, first of all, that the fall is not the end of God's story. Because when we're getting the counseling, we can just traffic in all the heartache and pain and just stay there. Mm-hmm. But also, the fall is part of God's story, which makes Jesus relevant. Yeah. Because we have to believe, Mike, that when the Father sent the Son from heaven into the fall, He did so not only to reconcile us back into a right relationship, but He did so because he wanted Christ to to begin the restoring work in our souls that he'll complete once we go to heaven. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And and so to, to that point, just the the creation, because I think you know to that point, Robert, right? It's like a lot of times when we have consulates coming in, um, they they stall out in the fall. Absolutely. Right. So they stall out in this, you know, they can't get past, you know, and you take it, you know, whether somebody's coming in, you know, having to do with, uh, you know, just any number of things, you know, that are really a byproduct of actual gifts, good gifts that God has given us, but they just are, they've either experienced it or things have been done to them. They've committed, you know, like sin or suffering in either case where it's, it's completely just blown the gift out of its really appropriate level of understanding and and experiencing it. And so they just get stuck in that fall part, not realizing that like, no, if you're, if you're struggling with sexual uh, issues and just different things like that, or things have been done to you, like that can be restored. And that's part of the story. And that starts with Jesus and that that can be redeemed. And you can actually experience these gifts that have been corrupted, Mm -hmm. uh, not only within, but the enemy trying to, you know, take it out. Like for example, um, I'll just use that. Like I was, I was introduced to pornography when I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was <laughs> VHS throwing my age out here, but <laughs> you know, I, I grab I'm grabbing a, I'm, I'm grabbing a VHS tape thinking it was home alone. I was home alone. I'm grabbing a tape. And I go to put it in. I thought that, and I saw something I didn't, I didn't know what it was, but internally something was happening inside of me when I saw that, even though I didn't understand it. And so in a sense, something that was good was stripped from me, mm-hmm. right? Because of my parents' carelessness, and actually, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, you know. For so to have that exposed was a gift that was meant to enjoy in a re, in, in its redeemed sense, as in its natural, you know, state. But it was taken from me, and then it was corrupted, and it was just mangled in the understanding of it. And so that was speaking of my story. That was something that I had to growing up because, like anything else. Things that are done in the dark, things that are done privately, we tend to keep them there, mm-hmm. and we don't bring light. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to be 
children of light when there's a majority of our life that's in the darkness or we live in a household full of darkness when we're trying to be children of light. And so that kind of what you're talking about in here, just and that's just an, the one example from my life that I can look back and the purpose of what you're saying, the idea of restoration and just understanding my story and his redemptive story. Um, and just knowing that, because then it does, it, it puts like things like, you know, s- topics and subjects like sex in their proper perspective Absolutely. and understanding them biblically, Absolutely. right? Just use that as an example. And given your example that you use is that God is the one who created right. us as sexual beings with yeah. sexual desires and to be sexually satisfied, yeah. right? But You are on the marriage track, so this is all consistent, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, if we didn't have the creation story, yeah. we would not think about that. If we only stayed in the fall, yep. we would be confused and just trying to deal with the fallen nature of ourselves apart from knowing how God created us to live. Yeah. Which is creation, but then also consummation. Yeah. Um, how we're going to live forever. You know, like their marriage is not going to be um, acknowledged in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. But acknowledge only the marriage between Christ and his bride, the church. Yeah. But then in the Paul calls that a mystery, didn't it? <laughs> but in between, uh, in between creation and consummation, we have the privilege and the revealed word that shows us how Jesus lived. Yeah. And so. And as we live in the fall, in the darkness and the confusion and the doubts, you know, God speaks to us, right, through his word, but he uses every aspect of a story to inform us how he calls us to live in love as we struggle in this broken world. Yeah. And what's one of those consistent daily realities of that story between the, the you know, the, the redemption and the consummation, the, the already and the not yet, of even though pain and suffering at night, joy comes in the morning. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a reality and a consistent basis of that story every day. Right, yeah. His mercies are new every day. And that's one of those amazing promises that we get to wake up with every way to remind us of the restoration and the consummation to come. And to combine that together. Yeah. Like one thing that is really helpful for people as we consider a story, as you say, we can just focus on the fall. But because of knowing that we are our story is embedded in God's story, mm-hmm. that we're still living in the fall, right? Nobody yep. would deny that. But now as Christians, we're living in Christ. And so there's a dual reality that's happening and that is that's true. And so we remind people that two realities can be true at the same time. And so even though, again, God never minimizes what's going on in our struggles with the fall, he doesn't want to minimize, as you were saying, the spiritual blessings that we can find in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that's the battle right there. Yeah, and, you, and to that very point, because that's the amazing thing. And I think that's what Paul was really etching out in Romans 7 and 8, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just this internal wrestle and struggle, but that's dying inside. Mm-hmm. He makes that point in Corinthians as well, right? That the, the the inward man is wasting away. That's right. You know what I mean? And no, so, the, yeah, the outer body. Oh, yeah, that, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, not the inner man. What am I talking about? That's being renewed. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but but to that very point, though, that that's the... That's just the really just the mystery, the work of the Spirit that's in us, you know, renewing us. But knowing that the 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 sin, hating our sin, understanding our sin, um, how when I I can still be selfish and and selfishly try to control and manipulate a gift that God has given me for my own personal pleasure, like I have a category for that now. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yeah, because of the fall. Mm-hmm. 
well, like I can, I can think about that and I can appropriate that, put that, keep that in its proper place and move into like, I'm redeemed. I'm absolutely, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a story that not only we read about, it's a story that we're living, but it's a story that we continually have to minister to ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's like an entendre. It's like a quadruple entendre. Yeah. That's part of the God's wisdom, right? (laughs) I mean, he is so wise, but you know, it's one of those things where we talk about sharing the gospel, you know, sharing God's story. But as you already mentioned, it's a story, not only do we share, but it's a story that God invites us to live. Yeah. And so that's the beautiful part of just abiding in Christ. And and that's what's, you know, when, when Jesus talks about that in John 15, he's saying, hey, your, your life is in me. You're living my story. And as we do that more and more, dealing with our stuff in our story, right? Yeah. Um, that we end up being renewed day by day and God begins to do a deep healing in our hearts and souls. Yeah, I like that in, in uh, to that particular point, we're framing our reality through the lens of the fall. You've got, you've got some uh, helpful illustrations in here. <laughs> you know, I, I like uh, this little mountain on in there, yeah. you know, like the iceberg sort of effect, you know, it's, it's really cool. Um, so just really quickly, um, you know, to, to the person, pastor, uh, lay counselor to our listeners, how would you encourage them to pick up this book, apply it to themselves first and foremost, Mm -hmm. and then how could you, uh, help them or, um, encourage them to use this in a discipling way? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking that question. I would say that restoration story that's being released at the end of this month, that is will give vision for what does it mean to live in God's story. Uh, Through this book, I unpack the stories of four different people and start with the mess and the brokenness uh, and the realities that all of us can connect to, right? And and as I had mentioned um, in another conversation that I had, as we read through this book, you'll be able to see parts of your story unfold, even though it's about four other people. I I know this guy. (laughs) But, um, But it gives you a great illustration as to how God's story speaks to to uh, the brokenness of our stories, but also how Jesus matters in a broken world. The other study guide called Restore is that personal journey. So if you get the vision and want to find out more about how you can work through parts of your story that you've either neglected or avoided because it was too hard or difficult, um, the Restore study guide is going to be your personal a companion a guide for helping you to work through parts of your story. To get to your point, uh, we encourage people to do this in community. Like as a small group, whatever your small group, whether it be an accountability life group, group small group, a, whatever, a yeah. D group, a small group, because one of the reasons why we encourage this is because when people start to share their stories, they begin to hear similar themes in other people's stories. Yeah, and they begin to their the first thing that they normally tell us is that I'm not alone. And so that's why lesson one, we'll talk about the common struggles. That's what the iceberg's about. Yeah. Is that even though in our culture we talk about all these different um, struggles as if they are distinctly um, unique, yeah. they all have a common base yep. based on the yeah, fact. Yeah, at the heart that, level. Based on the fact that we were not created to know evil. Yeah. And so as a result, you get the common struggles, which are some common responses to. Oh, man, that could preach. That, right. That's something we don't talk a lot right. about now. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that chapter alone no. is, is, is worth a read, you know, and that's really good. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, I, I hope we can uh, we can have you guys on some uh, on some more podcasts uh, to talk about some more things. Um, just lastly, though, um, I know we talked about this kind of in the church contest. Well, I guess this could be kind of used in that same way uh, where a counselor could use this in session 
Um, and then, then, you know, the counselor could have a, the workbook to go along with it. And it could be, it could be a study. Um, especially if, you know, you know, your counselee is so lost in their circumstances. They've, you know, they, as Tripp kind of talks about just, you know, they've got spiritual amnesia, uh, and then they kind of forget who they are in in Christ and, and kind of their, their, they have identity drift, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, where they don't, they forgot really kind of who they are in Christ because they're so, you know, as, well, I guess, as Peter talks about in second Peter, they're so nearsighted because of their, you know, just what's going on that they can't see that they've been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. Mm -hmm. And so I think this would be a huge help for, for even them to see that, you know, in, in the fact that it's a story. So, you know, because oftentimes when you, even in counseling where it's like you try to open up, you know, 1500 page book called the Bible, (laughs) it can be pretty overwhelming. And so this allows them to kind of see God's story, you know, kind of broken down into the, into the, and really into the, the ultimate story within those categories and to help them understand and perceive their life. Yeah. Mike, we have some friends who are using it in the exact same way you just described. We even have a friend in North Carolina who says she's starting to do some premarital counseling (laughs) and she's used for that as well. Because as you know, you bring, everybody brings something from their story into a marriage. Oh yeah. And to be able to understand how it impacts you and how, how it establishes patterns of how you live in love is, is really important. Yeah. I think, uh, well, you know, it's a story. Well, marriage, right? One flesh. Well, what's synonymous with one flesh? One story. So you're trying to take two individual stories and combining into telling one story known as one flesh. <laughs> yeah. That'll preach. That's, That's good. Right. That's good. Well, guys, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And um, any 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 final encouragement uh, just to uh, just any uh, our listeners, pastors? Uh, Mike, I would say off the top of my head yeah. is that the Lord delights in us having confidence in him and the Lord, the Lord delights in us knowing and experiencing him as well. And, and I know that, uh, when we do our restore groups on Wednesday nights, I stand before the the group of people and I tell them with all confidence in the next two hours, you have the ability to know and experience your God. And I say that purposefully because again, too often we're overwhelmed by life and underwhelmed by God. Yeah, And when we read the scriptures and pray, we can feel like God is so distant and we don't hear anything from him. Like we've so, lost our awe. That's right. Uh, and, and also when we lose the awe, we begin to doubt. Yep. And so I would have to say for those who are listening that, that God is continually pursuing you with his love. Mm-hmm. You know, Psalm 23, 6 says his love and mercy pursues you all the days of your life. So just know that the Lord created you and has called you to taste and see his goodness. That's a promise in that story that should Absolutely. encourage every day. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you guys. We appreciate it. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks, Mike.